Welcome, welcome, welcome back, Banter fam. It's our first show, our first late show in November. October is behind us, and it looks like we are entering what is going to be a parabolic November and December. And the secret in a parabolic November and December means that you must be positioned in the right places if you're going to make a lot of money. You can make reasonable money by just staying in Bitcoin and Ethereum, but that's not the idea here. When we get into a parabolic bull run, and we know the parabolic bull run is going to last for a short period of time, and we know that it's probably the last time in our lifetimes that we're going to have such a parabolic bull run, the idea is that you must be positioned optimally to capitalize on it. And that is what today's show is about. It's about how do we position ourselves correctly in November and December to make sure that we make the most of the parabolic bull run. It's all about narratives, and today we're going to talk about the narratives. So it's going to be a massive one. saying get up Fred get up Fred let's go let's go let's go Freddy you know why because it's November bro and there's it's November October is behind us November is right here and if plan B is correct and I mean you got to listen to God because up until now he has been correct more times than he hasn't been correct he says that now we are going up 50% on Bitcoin at least at least in November. He says there's a 50% increase in Bitcoin in November. Now, you can kind of see the writing is all over the wall. You can kind of see what's going on in the market. So how do I know that he may be right? Well, I look at a few things. I look at the first thing is I look at this. And that means that every time I go onto CoinGecko, their server just can't handle the capacity. What does that mean? It means that retail is starting to look at crypto too much, even more than CoinGecko can can uh, can accommodate not only that there are other signs that this might be happening like this thing over here that says binance temporarily disabled all crypto withdrawals due to a large backlog rest assured our team is working on it as top priority thank you for your patience then they got their site up again and then their site dropped again what are these things saying to you these things are saying to you that the retail investors are coming in and if the retail investors are coming in if the retail investors are coming in you know that dumb money is coming into the market, and you also know that the market is going to move very, very quickly. I must share with you, I got a WhatsApp from a friend of mine. I'm not going to mention names because then he won't be my friend anymore. But he says this. He says, this is how retail think. You've got, to, you've got to see how retail think. He says to me, what about Sky? It's gone down something like 50,000%. 
on its top it was at 0.006 and now it's at 0.00000872. He's asking if you should buy it. So you see, this is how a retail thinks. This is a problem. Retail are coming in here and they've got completely, completely, completely the wrong mindset. So what we're going to do today is we're going to get you guys into the right mindset for November and December. Remember that you don't want to be buying things that have already run. The retail investors are going to run into things that have already run. They're going to buy those things at the absolute top and they're not going to make money or they think they're going to make money for a couple of days, a couple of weeks. And then you know what's going to happen. I'll show you what's going to happen. I've got to find this chart for you because we're going to talk about the, that chart. Um, this is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Maybe not funny be involved in it, but certainly quite funny. Um, I have to find it. Give me a second. Uh, this is the chart that I want you guys to see. Uh, it is the Squid Games chart, which is a... You lost me again? I'm back. So this is a, the Squid Games chart. This is a coin. The Squid Games coin is a coin that was based on, a, on the most famous or the best performing Netflix series ever called Squid Games. And it went all the way up and it got rug, rug pulled and a lot of people lost a lot of money. So the idea behind today is to position yourselves optimally for the next leg of the bull market. Optimally means not that you're going to make the most money, but that you're going to make and keep the most money. The, the whole idea here is you've got to make and keep the most money. Making money like people made in Squid Games and then losing it in about 30 seconds when the market collapsed, not a great strategy. Five seconds, not a great strategy, right? And you can kind of see that this is happening in lots of places. And I want to show you somewhere else where I think this is happening. So this is what happens when you look at the meme coins by market capitalization. Let's quickly take a second here and understand what these meme coins are. So if you look at the last seven days, Shiba Inu is up 99.5%. Dogelon Mars is up 321.6%. Yu Shi is up 500%. Baby Dogecoin, which is Shiba's younger cousin, Baby Dogecoin, is up 159%. Samoyed coin is up 263%. Yeah. Hoge Finance, Hoge Finance, very good fundamental coin, is up 261%. The Doge NFT is up. This is a problem. When money is flowing into these coins, it seems great, but unless you're going to cash out your money here at the top, the problem is that you may be the person that lands up in this, in this situation. And so today, what we want to try and do is we want to try and get you guys to avoid that. You need to try and avoid being in those situations. And to avoid being in, those right situ in that situation, it means that you have to identify. Uh, is it coming up now? Why don't you put it? Okay, maybe it's just Fred. If you guys can't see my screen share, let me know. It looks like it's, it's I think it's just your machine, Fred. I think your machine is slow. We can't see screen. Okay, I'm going to log off and log on. Play, play, play a song. I'm going to quickly log off and log on and see if that helps it. Oh, Bertha. 
Hopefully now you can see my screen. Can you all see the screen that I'm sharing? I have one vote, two votes, three votes, four votes. Amazing. So let me just go back and show you the chart that I want you guys to avoid. What you want to avoid is these coins, which I'm not saying some of them might be good. Some of them would be good. But if you look at the meme coins, you got you know, Shiba Inu up 100% in the last seven days. Dojalon Mars up 3x in the last couple of days. Yu Shi in the four up 500% in the last couple of days. Uh, baby Dogecoin, baby Dogecoin, very important coin in the ecosystem. The entire crypto ecosystem could never perform if it wasn't for baby Dogecoin, which has gone up 159%. Samoyed coin also, the entire crypto ecosystem wouldn't be the same without it, 263.8%. What you have to do is you have to avoid these kind of pumps. And the reason why you have to avoid these kind of pumps is that even though they can continue to go up, the minute that there's a, a little earthquake, the minute that there's a little tremor, then what's going to happen is these coins are going to go down. And that's what I said. The idea behind a bull market is to identify a narrative, to stick to your investment thesis, not to get involved or washed away by the hype. Because usually what happens with the hype is you think you're doing well. And then you think you're doing well. And you think you're doing well. And you get affirmation that you're doing well because the price goes up. And that price is actually affirmation that you made the right decision. The problem is that the price goes up until the price goes down. And when the price goes down, it looks something like that. And Shara Chia is saying it's meme coin mania. It's not meme coin mania. It's market mania. And you have to identify whether market mania is built on fundamentals or whether market mania is built on hot air and on garbage. So if you want to hear more about that, smash the like button, subscribe to our channel. Let's make this the biggest channel in the whole of the crypto universe. Let's help us help you to make this the biggest channel in the whole of the crypto universe. We already know that you guys are the most loyal subscribers in the world. We know you're the most loyal family in the world. We know that we have the most loyal community that subscribes to our channel every day. But help us now build that to be the biggest community in the world. And if you are part of the community and you are in Lisbon next week on Monday, we move the party. The, the party is going to be on Monday, not Sunday, because we were going to have a party on Sunday, but then FTX decided that they wanted to do an opening party. So we said, okay, we'll have our party on Monday. So if you are in Lisbon on Monday, I'm going to drop a Twitter invite tomorrow. Subscribe with a the link. There's only space for 350 of you. Uh, so as, as soon as you get the link, subscribe, 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 and then join the party. What else? We might even do giveaways today. We might even do some giveaways today. Even though everyone says slow down on the giveaways, we might do giveaways. So smash the like, let's get the show going. Let's talk about how to identify narratives because that's what you need to do. In a bull market, what you need to do is you need to become an expert in what I call seeing around the corner. 
So you need to be able to look around the corner and you need to see what is coming up around the corner if you want to identify narratives. Identifying a narrative that has already happened is suicide. Because then what's going to happen is you're going to jump into meme coins. You're going to say, okay, well, they've run so much. They've run 5,000%. I should be jumping into meme coins. That's wrong. You should identify where the narrative is going to be coming up. So we're going to look at where the narrative has been and where the narrative is coming up. And then we're going to place our bets on the narrative that is coming up. Once you've placed your bet on the narrative that is coming up and you see that it, your thesis is is being validated because you put your money onto something and it starts going up and, and you can see that the transactions are going up, then you double up on your bet. So we're going to take multiple bets on multiple theses and then the ones that are paying off are the ones that we're going to double up on and we're going to double up on early. Okay, now that is what we're going to be looking at today. So let's look at the narrative and where the narrative has been. There's no doubt that if you look at the narrative and where the narrative has been for the last couple of months, Bitcoin. Great. Bitcoin has doubled in the last couple of months. Fantastic. But the question is, will this narrative last? Will the money continue to flow into Bitcoin? I don't think so. told you guys in the past that I think that the Bitcoin dominance, let's look at the Bitcoin dominance. I thought that the Bitcoin dominance would do a Tantino. So it would go from a low Bitcoin dominance all the way to a peak in Bitcoin dominance at 48%. And now it looks like it's coming down. It's actually under 44%. And my narrative or my thesis is that this narrative will continue to continue to continue to go down. Now, most times you would say, okay, cool. The Bitcoin maximalists will disagree with you. They'll say that Bitcoin is, continued to, is, is going to continue to go up. Is that right? 100% that's right. Not this time, though. Because even the, the biggest Bitcoin maximalists and I don't know about you, but if you read Willy Woo's stuff, let's look at Willy Woo. This guy is a big Bitcoin maximalist. Like, he never talks about altcoins. He says altcoins are shit, shitcoins. He says the Bitwork network undergoes a constant daily sell pressure independent of investors selling. 2017 was simple. 2021 is more complex. In 2017, miners sold 2,134 Bitcoin. In 2021, there's miners selling Bitcoin, there's futures fees revenue, there's GBTC fees revenue, there's ProShares ETF rollover, and that is all selling pressure on Bitcoin. I call this the last cycle. Every business operation on the network that earns revenue in Bitcoin will sell Bitcoin to pay for the operational costs. This represents a constant sell pressure on the network. Here's the data presented, we'll show it to you now. The study illustrates how we can't just assume that the four-year halvening of miners' sell pressure will just keep us locked into a four-year cycle. There are other factors in play in 2021. The newer impacts will further dilute the mining influence as the ecosystem matures. In short, don't bet on a four-year cycle. It's a smaller influence now. We need to superimpose larger impacts here on it. This will create a, diff a very different price chart, and he shows the sell pressure that is expected on Bitcoin. And Basically, what he's getting at here is he's saying he's right. Bitcoin is maturing. And as there's more maturation on the Bitcoin ecosystem, the price is going to go up less and less. Or it's going to have sell pressure. So I think that while Bitcoin was a super exciting narrative in the beginning of the year and maybe in the last two months, Bitcoin is not the narrative now. 
Next question. I'm posing a question to all the geniuses in the office, and there's a lot of them. Is it going to be ETH? Nah. Not going to be ETH. Nah. Why not ETH? There's so much good stuff going on on ETH. Why is the next narrative not ETH? Let's look and let's understand what's happening on Ethereum. So, in Ethereum this week, Ethereum hits a new all-time high. Yes, Altair upgrade went live. Yes, 24-hour burn record. So we've never had ETH burning so many Ethereum. Total value locked on layer two, four and a half billion. ETH did 110 times the, rev the fee revenue of Bitcoin this week. Sounds like a great bet to me. I mean, I don't know. I read this. Great bet. They're burning more than they're issuing. Total value locked on layer two. Unbelievable. Total value. All great. Over 707,000 Ethereum burned since EIP1559. You can see that. Um, here we go. An ultrasound.money. 715,000 Ethereum have been burnt. They're burning 5.6 Ethereum per minute. Who's burning it? DeFi, Uniswap, you can see DeFi. Stablecoin, great. OpenSea, remember OpenSea used to be number one. It shows you that the NFT narrative is slightly dying down. So not the best place to be investing. Hype's gone, narrative's gone, bees have gone. Question is, should we be buying ETH? Yeah, I think you can buy ETH. If you are conservative, you can buy ETH. Uh, Raul Paul, let's quickly go to Raul Paul's tweet where he said, so let's go to Raul Paul. His tweet says, I don't know if you remember that. He said he was irresponsibly, irresponsibly long Ethereum. And here we go. Let me, I have to find this one for you. Um, when did he make that, that tweet? He said, I'm irresponsibly long Ethereum. Wow, he tweets a lot. He tweets a hell of a lot. Anyway, he tweeted that he's irresponsibly long Ethereum and he's actually leveraged on Ethereum. And I must say with him, I must say, I kind of agree that Ethereum is a good bet. But I don't think Ethereum is the best bet. I don't think Bitcoin is the best bet. And I don't think Ethereum is the best bet. I think they're both very good, very safe bets. But is that where I would be putting my money when a rampant bull market is about to take place? Probably the most aggressive bull market in the world? Nah. You haven't put your money there. You haven't put your money there. No. no. Not interested. So where would you put your money? I'll tell you, if you look at what the big people are saying, Peter Thiel says, he says that inflation is actually real. And he said he was underexposed to Bitcoin. He says, Peter Thiel says high cryptocurrency prices show inflation is real. Okay, so he said that. But he also said in this article, you know, 60, yeah, here it is. You know, $60,000 Bitcoin, I'm not sure that one should, be, should aggressively buy. So what he's saying is he's saying that he missed the chance to buy Bitcoin. He knows he's under-indexed to Bitcoin, but I'm not sure that I'd be buying Bitcoin at $60,000. I'm not sure that I'd be buying Ethereum at $4,250,000. Not, not sure at all, actually. Okay, so where would you put your money? That's the question. If it's not going to be Bitcoin and it's not going to be Ethereum, where would you put your money? Hmm. What you could do is you could follow the smart money. So you could follow people like 
Google. And you could invest, I don't know if you saw this, but Digital Currency Group raised $700 million on a $10 billion valuation. Who did they raise the money from? SoftBank and Google. So what we know is that the big, 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 big money is actually starting to flow into crypto now. But if the big money is flowing into crypto and they're not buying Bitcoin, because the article wasn't SoftBank is buying Bitcoin or Google is buying Bitcoin. What they said is they invested $700 million into DCG, which is smart. What they're saying is that they're investing $700 million into crypto, but what crypto? So here's the portfolio that DCG own. They own Abra, they own some Akala network, which is a Polkadot project. They own API3, which is an, a yield project on Ethereum. They own BitGo, which is a custodian. They own BitPay. They own, you can see this on DCG forward slash portfolio. It shows the whole portfolio that, that, um, uh, uh, that they've been buying. And they've been buying ever since they acquired it. So ever since they started DCG. And so what Google and SoftBank have done is they've just placed more money on the broad crypto ecosystem. Why did they not put their money straight into Bitcoin? Because they know that the returns in Bitcoin are finished. That's what they know. They know the returns in Bitcoin, not finished, but just not as exciting on the rest of the ecosystem. So the key to making money in a market like this is investing on the right narratives. Everything in crypto is about the right narratives. Let me show you what I mean. So you must have listened to this. You must have listened to this. Time for us to adopt a new company brand to encompass everything that we do. To reflect who we are and what we hope to build, I am proud to announce that starting today, our company is now Meta. Our mission remains the same. It's still about bringing people together. Our apps and their brands, they're not changing either. And we are still the company that designs technology around people. So Mark Zuckerberg comes out, he calls us, he says Facebook are now changing the narrative to meta. Let's listen to what else he said. Privacy and safety need to be built into the metaverse from day one. You'll get to decide when you want to be with other people, when you want to block someone from appearing in your space, or when you want to take a break and teleport to a private bubble to be alone. You're going to be able to bring things from the physical world into the metaverse. Almost any type of media that can be represented digitally, photos, videos, art, music, movies, books, games, you name it. Now, lots of things that are physical today, like screens, will just be able to be holograms in the future. You won't need a physical TV. It'll just be a $1 hologram from some high school kid halfway across the world. And you'll be able to take your items and project them into the physical world as holograms in augmented reality too. One part of this is Horizon Home, which is our early vision for a home space in the metaverse. Horizon Home is the first thing that you'll see when you put on your Quest headset. Today, there are already a bunch of options to choose from, and in the future, anyone will be able to create one. We've just called it home until now because it's been missing something very important, people. Soon, we're going to be introducing a social version of home, 
where you can invite your friends to join you as avatars. You'll be able to hang out, watch videos together, and jump into apps together. Then there is Horizon Worlds, which is where you can build worlds. So everything that he's talking about here is a metaverse, and every single item that he's talking about here, it's probably going to be an NFT. So when the biggest company in the world, the biggest social network in the world, makes a statement that they are moving their whole business into a virtual world, which they're calling a metaverse, and they're going to be investing a lot of money into this metaverse, well, then the narrative becomes metaverses. Let's listen to what else they said, and then let's look at the announcement that they made, and then decide whether we should be investing in this. The environment. We plan to continue to either subsidize our devices or sell them at cost to make them available to more people. We'll continue supporting sideloading and linking to PCs so consumers and developers have choice rather than forcing them to use the Quest Store to find apps or reach customers. And we'll aim to offer developer and creator services with low fees in as many cases as possible so we can maximize the overall creator economy while recognizing that to keep investing in this future, we'll need to keep some fees higher for some period to make sure that we don't lose too much money on this program overall. So what they're saying is that they're going to actually subsidize development of the metaverse. So you've got the biggest social network in the world saying, look, we're going all in on metaverses. We're going to subsidize the metaverses. We're going to create developer programs to build more metaverses. But the problem is that Facebook has this bad and tarnished image around centralization. They've had data leaks. They've had uh, election rigging stuff. And so the real, the real exciting play here is that whilst they're moving everything to a metaverse, what they're doing is they're validating the metaverse narrative that we've been talking about for a while. Let's look at what that did to the metaverse tokens and see whether there's still an opportunity to invest in the metaverse after what Facebook said. So let's look at the top gainers in the metaverse space. Okay, the central game uh, is this... So, Look at these returns. Decentral game, Arcona, ETH versus Polkacity. Up 7x, 7x, up 4x, 5x. Polkacity up uh, 365%. It sent the metaverse coins to the moon. Here we go. I've got you guys the top metaverse coins as per CoinGecko. And you can see in the last seven days, Axie Infinity. Have a look here. What you'll see is that the games and the actual metaverse tokens have now separated because the play is now not about games anymore. There was a narrative about games. The narrative is now around metaverses, places where you can go and meet, where you can go and work, where you can go and play poker, where you don't have to participate in games. And you can see that on the split. So in the last seven days, Axie Infinity up 11.5%. But Decentraland, which is a metaverse token, is up 4x. If you look at it again, Sandbox, up 2x. UFO Gaming, which is a combination, up 2x. Starlink, up 3x. But look at games like Star Atlas, only up 54%. Look at games like My Neighbor Alice, 24.3%. There's a differentiation now, all of a sudden, between functional metaverses, where people will live, continue to do their day-to-day -day activity, conduct business meetings, and the games. The old narrative was games. The new narrative is metaverses. Now, one school of thought is that it may be too late for metaverses. It may be, you know what, we've had the 2x run, we've had the 3x run, it's too late to invest in metaverses. 
That kind of thinking is the same thinking that I would have told you not to invest in apps after Steve Jobs announced the App Store. It's probably the right time to invest. Maybe let the hype die down. Maybe look for the ones that haven't run and aren't uh, overvalued. And maybe start looking for the hybrids, the games and the NFTs. Like, for example, for me, Wilder World, which is one, to be honest, we're invested in, that one hasn't had as much of a run as all the other ones. It also hasn't launched the main metaverse. Let me show it to you guys. And so it has had a run, but it's still at a reasonable market cap. So it's, it's up at 451. The entire market cap is $336 million. There are so many of these gems. Wait for a pullback. Keep your eyes on the gems. And on the next pullback, you go crazy into the metaverses because the biggest social gaming company in the world has now told you that they are going to spend all their money converting their whole company into a metaverse play. You don't need much more than that to say, do fundamental analysis and start betting on metaverses. And don't ignore the games completely because the games will have their time in the sun again. Uh, let me show you some games that I've been looking at. So I think, here we go. So the top 10 blockchain games in the last seven days. What did I tell you guys last week when Alien Worlds was at 18 cents? I said, it's, I don't know when it's going to run, but I know it's going to run, and I know when it runs, this thing's going to go to the moon. Why? Tell you why. Because they are the most used blockchain games in the last seven days. Not Axie Infinity, not Axie Infinity, Alien Worlds. And number two is Splintlands. And only number three is Axie Infinity. Now, let's look at what the chart of, of, of uh, Alien Worlds is doing. Remember, I did tell you guys at 18 cents, and if it's under 25 cents, I'm still telling you to buy it. Especially if CoinGecko works. I think if CoinGecko works, that would be amazing. So 24.8 cents, still cheap. Still cheap for the most used metaverse game uh, um, that's ever gonna happen. So the idea is to see around the corner, to not ape into things because they've run, but to try and look at the narratives that are coming up later. We had the gaming narrative, it calmed down, the shift moved to metaverse tokens, let's wait for metaverse tokens to calm down, but let's start investing in the most used games. Alien Worlds, Splinterlands, those are ones that you can invest in because they have a lower market cap. And yes, I'm invested in both of them and I'm telling you to continue to buy them because I think that you're following a good narrative there. Let's see, what, what, other, what other narratives can we expect for the month of November? because that's what you're trying to look for here. What can you buy in the month of November when everything is destined to go parabolic? So the idea is to buy things, but not to buy things stupidly. To say to yourself, okay, I'm going to buy things because I think November is gonna be parabolic, but in the event that the November is not parabolic, then you must be safe. If you land up buying meme coins, and then there is a dump, right? Let's say you buy meme coins, and then there is a dump. Then the problem is, you need to ask yourself, what is going to happen to coins like Yuchi and Baby Dogecoin? It's going to end very badly, because you're just going to get one little tremor, and that's going to happen in the month of November. There's, there's always a correction in the month of November. I'll show you. And Coach K, who's coming on later, I'm sure he, he's going to tell you the same thing because he's been around for a long time. 
The trick around November is that the market will take you up, but then the market will send you down. And when, just when you think it's all over, the market will take you back up again. And in that uh, situation where the market takes you down, let me show you. Let me go all the way back to, to 2017. Look, the market will take you up and then the market will bring you down 30%. And the question is, where are the mean coins going to be when the market takes you down 30%? You've got you to you expect this. And so my advice to you guys is, don't chase the big gains. Chase the good narratives that will do well in a bull market, but also survive a bear market. So the question that you're asking right now is, what are those narratives, right? It is. That's the question everyone's asking. What are the narratives? So now I'm going to let you in on a, a few of my, nar my narratives. I've told you that I think that metaverses are a good narrative and that you should look for the bargains in, in metaverses, but don't buy them when the market's hot. So let's get that one out the way. The next narrative, which I think is very good, is Solana. Of course it's Solana. Because... The bees went to Solana. They left Solana because they went to Avalanche and they went to Metaverses. But Solana has a conference which starts on Monday, Sunday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, this week in Lisbon. Everybody who's everybody is going to be there and there's going to be a lot of action and people are going to be investing in Solana. So you want to be investing in Solana and Solana ecosystem projects before Monday. You want to be investing in Solana and Solana ecosystem projects before Monday. So how do you know which ones to invest in? It's actually quite easy. Look here. So all you do is you go to, let's quickly go here. You can see exactly the coins I've been looking at, Sandbox and, and all of those. So you go to CoinGecko and you hit, CoinGecko is un, unusably slow these days which shows you the retail investors coming in. You hit, all, you hit categories in here, yeah, you hit categories, and then you scroll down to Solana ecosystem, and you hit Solana ecosystem, and you see all the projects which are built on Solana. Now, there are a couple which I'm looking at, which I know are going to explode. Who's going to explode by next week? Get your pen and paper, write this down. Run said these are going to explode next week. You ready? Okay, write this one down. Radium, because it's a good dex on Solana. Aldrin, because it's a brilliant dex on Solana. Let me give you another one, which I think is going to run. I did see it here earlier. Um, I have to find it for you guys. Okay. Um, hold on. I have to find it for you guys. Where is it? Sabre is going to run next week. I said, here's the one that I like. Tulip Protocol. Okay. It's, a, it's an uncapped gem, but what we do know about Tulip Protocol is we know, let me try and find you this tweet so that you see that I'm not actually making this up. It's actually real. Um, hold on, let me find this. See, everywhere you look, Alien Worlds, the biggest game built on, there it is, top 10 blockchain games, another thing, Alien World, number two, Splinterlands. Um, let, I have to find this for you. Here we go. And we look at who invested in, in, um, in Tulip. Was it on this tweet? Hold on, let me find it for you guys. 
Here we go. So Tulip raised $5 million from major VCs. Alameda Research, Jump Capital, I think Multicoin Capital actually also invested in them. That's a good one. That's one that's probably going to run. You try and look at what Tulip does, and it lets you do leveraged farming. So you can make huge APYs farming right here on Tulip. You can make 913%, 870%, 560%, and it's on Solana. And remember, farming on Solana means no gas fees for restaking. So I think that's another one that's going to have, probably have a run next week when, when, uh, on the Solana farms. Write this down. So next week we can go back and we can be, be held accountable for our calls. We have to be held accountable for our calls. Um, okay, so that's a good ecosystem. By the way, I picked this up, and I think that this is very important. Ubisoft, which is one of the biggest gaming companies in the world, didn't they make Fortnite? Did it? Yeah. Now, who do you think that they're investing in? I just said they're investing in games. They're investing in games. Which ones? Which games? Anybody have any ideas? Just a rumor. Splinterlands is talking to Ubisoft. It's not a fact. It's a rumor. I don't. I don't have the facts. I don't have any inside information whatsoever. But that's what I hear. That's what I hear. All right. So those are the ones that I think are going to run on Solana. Let's see what else is going to run. So what is the next narrative that's going to run? I told you guys about the narrative earlier. For those of you who are paying attention, let's quickly go there. Let me show you. Let me show you what else I think is going to run in the next 30 days. I'll tell you what's not going to run is CoinGecko because retail investors are coming in and they just keep breaking CoinGecko. So let me get it for you guys here. And this one, no doubt that Coach K, who's actually our next guest, is going to agree with me on. Okay, look at this. Look at this. Oh, if you would have listened to me earlier today, you would have bought this one at $42. 47.30. So five hours, you would have made 10%. Why? Because it's fucking obvious the parachains auctions are starting on the 11th. People need to buy fucking DOT to stake in the parachain auctions. I told you this this morning, and now it's up already 10%. Now, I think it's going to run even more because that's what's going to happen. And then we're going to talk about which are the actual chains that are going to win the parachain auctions and the infrastructure that's going to be built around auctions. We're going to talk about that with Coach K. And then you'll understand why DOT hasn't even started running. So that is another one that is going to run. Amazing. Now, for my next trick, I'm going to show you another ecosystem that's going to run, which, by the way, I told you on Friday, but not everybody listened on Friday. And I think that the run is not over. Okay, are you ready for this one? This is a big one. Let me show you. Here we go. One, two, oh, geez, I just said it and bang. Big green candle. Thorchain. Thorchain ecosystem is going to run. Why is the Thorchain ecosystem going to run? I'll tell you why. Because for a while, ThorChain didn't work because of the exploit. Then they put ThorChain up again, and now they're starting to launch a whole lot of projects on ThorChain. What are the projects that are launching? Well, ThorSwap, the first exchange, is launching. I think it's launching now, actually, like an hour, two hours from now. 
it's just launched. Okay, so ThorChain is going to launch. Uh, ThorSwap is going to launch. And now you've got a brilliant exchange on ThorChain. And then what happens when you have a brilliant exchange on ThorChain? People start to develop protocols that feed into the exchange, DeFi protocols, et cetera, et cetera. And then bang, you get an explosion of the ecosystem. Now, you don't have to believe me. Look here. You just go onto, you don't, you don't have to believe me. You just go onto CoinMarketCap, CoinGecko, when it actually works. And you put in Xrune, which is the, the launch pad on ThorChain. Okay, let's look at what happened to Xrune, which, by the way, I told you to buy at 26 cents. And you will see when, well, CoinGecko is not ever going to work. So let's look at it here, Xrune. And mm, I don't know if there's an Xrune token here. Okay, one day I think that this will might actually work. Let's try this again. Xrune. Xrune is Thor Starter. It's the launch pad on ThorChain. I think it's the only launch pad on ThorChain that I actually know about. Okay, up 40 to 46 cents. Now, again, when this price goes down, you buy it because there's going to be lots of things launching on ThorChain, and this is your entry ticket into the ThorChain, into ThorChain projects. So I wouldn't get into this right now. I would wait a little bit. As soon as it comes down, between 25 and 35 cents, you start buying Xrune because now that ThorChain is actually working, this should actually work. You see, I was right. The, the ThorSwap economics are coming. ThorSwap's got amazing, um, amazing economics. 50% of, of, the, of, the, of the tokens go to the, the, to the community, which is not one that's drowned by VCs and stuff like that. So to summarize, before I bring in our guest, Metaverse is still a hot topic, but wait for a pullback. Games are having a pullback, so wait for uh, buying opportunities. Polkadot and Polkadot-related projects are ones to be in almost immediately. And Thor, Thor anything, Thor chain, Thor swap, Thor, Thor chain, Thor swap, Thor starter, all ones to be in. That's what I think. That's what's going to make you life-changing money between November and December. Right. Hey. Am I right? Yeah, so, definitely. Coach, I, think I had a big weekend, so I'm not sure if it's me or you, but it does look like you're a little bit out of focus. Oh, I had a very big weekend, though, so it could be me. <laughs> I heard you guys went camping or something like that. It wasn't exactly camping. It was more like an outdoor festival with the party. Oh, so you went, she went and party pretty hard then. Yeah, we did. That's why I'm seeing you very fuzzy today. Am I actually fuzzy or is this just like... I don't, I don't know. Is it fuzzy? Am I it's fuzzy? Good. No, it's good. Coach, so okay. making, making life-changing money in November and December means that you have to invest in the right narratives, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. so what are the right narratives, man? What are you looking yeah. at as narratives? I've been, I've been watching what you've been saying, and I mean, I'm just sitting here agreeing with a lot of what you're saying. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg comes in and says metaverses, and every single person starts buying them, obviously, because it validated what all these gaming and metaverse projects are it validated it on a high level because Facebook's a massive company with billions of users, even if they're not real, um, there's still people there. Right. And so I, you know, I have metaverse projects I've invested into and they absolutely exploded. All my friends, metaverse projects exploded. So we see like, you know, Polka city, we saw wilder world. One that you didn't mention was a network. These guys oh, yeah. are really interesting. 
I, I just love when you look at the detail that they're paying, like the attention to detail that's going into it. It actually feels like they're trying to get closer to Ready Player One. And I feel like we all watch that movie and all yearn to have that type of opportunity to play in that type of a metaverse, not what just look at our screen. What I'm seeing is now a separation between games and metaverse. So 100%. now people are saying, great, we want games, but actually more important than games is a virtual world is, is actually a metaverse. A place to play the games, right? Like the metaverse, the idea is that you go in the metaverse, you stay in the metaverse. You, you can even in one game I talked to there, they have a connection with Domino's. You'll order a pizza in the game. It'll show up at your door. So you won't even have to stop playing. So the idea is that you're, you're in there for eight hours a day. That's what they're trying to get us to. That's the Ready Player One alternate reality that they're trying to you know create for us. And the metaverse is really interesting because we can put the games in, we can put the NFTs and all the stuff we're already doing. We can put exchanges in a metaverse. We can have a bank in a metaverse. I talked to Equify uh, about putting their banking into the metaverse and DeFi in the metaverse. You can do everything there that you can do here while you're wearing your Oculus and you know um, I'm sure they'll get better over time. Okay, so metaverse, one narrative. Let's talk about a second narrative, Polkadot, yes or no? Yeah, big yes. I mean, anyone who's holding a Polkadot project that they thought might have been dead, I uh, one of them that I just saw today, I just looked at it, I was like, wow, that came back. Shadows, right? Yes. They came back out of nowhere. They were like, I was like, wow, that, that went up a lot. And I think that's kind of playing into the, the narrative. Dot is back. Dot was here. We all were like, Dot, my nickname on Twitter was Dot, Polkadot, right? And that was the time when Dot was really hot, but then, you know, it took a little bit too long. You know, parachains took a little bit of time. And now that Dot's ready uh, and, and pretty much, which I'm guessing, Bran, I want to ask you, which Dot, uh, which Dot parachains do you think are going to be the first few? So definitely Moonbeam. I think the, the, the first application is going to be a Moonbeam application, which is a which is an Ethereum virtual machine EVM compatible chain. It's actually ETH 2.0 living on DOT. I think the reason why that one's going to win first is because that's where the easiest money is. It's migrating tokens from Ethereum to Polkadot, and I think that's the easy bridge. Mm -hmm. Okay, then um, so a Kala network uh, with the DeFi project. I think that that one that one comes in. Um, what else? What else? What else? I think a lot of DeFi projects. So I'm not sure who's going to win the DeFi project, but I think a lot of DeFi projects are going to come in very quickly. Uh, I mean, the market's kind of telling you that Pink Node is is positioning itself. That that one's been going up and up and up every single day, which means that yeah, something must be going on there. What, what are your thoughts? Pink Node is really interesting because it's it's what it. When I met with the team, I asked them, like, what do you guys do? Because that's what everyone wants to know. And I, it was so simple. They're like, we're building all the tools that all the developers that are developing on Dot need so that they can come to a place kind of like GitHub and get what they need and be able to plug and play and get things done faster. Well, if you want to develop on Dot, what else would you ever want as a developer? You want the, the toolkit so you can build stuff fast. So that's kind of what they're doing. And I think that infrastructure is going to be very big for a lot of the developers and it's going to save them tons of time. I mean, that's the biggest piece. So who else wins the parachains? I think, uh, you know, Bifrost, you ever heard of them before? Bifrost, yeah, Bifrost, Bifrost um, they have a parachain on, on um, uh, Kusama. On Kusama, yeah. So I think 
really personally, like the Kusama pair chains probably will win. The ones that won will probably win on dot first. And then we'll see kind of like a filter. Cause I know there's like 46 dot pair, uh, KSM pair chains coming up. So it's kind of going to be a filter, like a feeder system, kind of like your major league and your minor league type of situation. You could see that kind of happening. Um, but Bifrost is interesting because it's a multi-chain uh, DeFi, but more for staking. So you can just stake on any blockchain you want very easily. You don't have to go and like stake on this one and then go and change your wallet and stake on that one. So more convenience. Um, we also have like what we saw with like Akash with Solana. You have uh, Kala, the cloud computing, the privacy mm -hmm. in cloud computing. So I, I think they're trying to build now like the basis of the ecosystem, which would be, you know, we already can do an exchange. We already know that will work. So DeFi will be the the probably the staple point for me um, at the start because that's what's going to bring in all the TVL, all the capital. And I think, to be honest, based off of the sentiment from just like being in lots of groups and talking to a lot of people, that ETH is definitely going to do well, but DOT is going to absolutely destroy whatever ETH does. So that's exactly the point. I think that Bitcoin and Ethereum will do well. And if you're not active in the crypto market, then great, put your money into Bitcoin and Ethereum, you'll make some money. But for us that are active in the crypto market, I think we can do better than putting our money into Bitcoin and Ethereum. And that's why I said my first bet, Solana, my second bet, Dot, my third bet, ThorChain, because all of those are like the up and coming ecosystem that are getting, um, that, are get, that, that is getting traction. Um, yes. That one, and I think, I think are we've, but... I keep calling Arweave. I think it's like one of the cheapest tokens out there relative to what it does, but it just hasn't had the narrative yet. But when Arweave goes, it will do a 5X. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a great project. Um, it's done extremely well this year. <laughs> it's what up, like 20, 30X? But not enough. Not enough. Still a market cap yeah. of, what is it, at 3 billion, somewhere around there. For what it does, you know, a market yeah. cap of 3 billion for what Arweave does, it's, it's nothing. I mean, a lot of the projects that we look at every day, they're undervalued and they could be massive with more adoption, right? And if more companies like Facebook come out and say, yeah, we're doing gaming, like Ubisoft, they come out and they say, hey, we're partnering with a bunch of blockchain games and we're going to make them awesome. We're going to make them not like 2D, really kind of clunky. We're going to make them what they are, what you guys know games as now. Because I think mm -hmm. that's what we're all looking for, right? Like, we want to play what games that are fun. We want to what a time to be alive. What a time to yeah. be alive. I want to get, like, on the crypto banter team on a game where we're, like, a gang and we can go and raid other people's lands and steal their money and stuff. It'd be fun, man. <laughs> like, that's what I'm seeing in the future. And, like, that would be our, our way to just relax and just have a good time. What else are you buying, Coach? I'm just looking at my, my coin gecko. What, what, what's, what else is on your radar here? Well, I've been, I've definitely been looking at all the um, ecosystems. So um, L1s, I'm, I'm starting to plan for the future. So a lot of people say like, okay, when is the market going to stop? Or when, when do we go into bear market? No one knows. So what I'm doing now is going, okay, we've had a really good run. I think we still have more, but I'm starting to look now, okay, like what can I invest in this cycle right now? That next cycle will be Solana. The next cycle will be DOT. Right. So I started looking at uh, what L1s are out there. There's quite a few, obviously. There's some that have not really gained traction. Like, for example, there's Lambdin. Lambdin is a mm -hmm. Python based blockchain. Right? Python based blockchain, quite low valued, very low token supply. Yeah. I, I must say, I, I recently invested in it. I recently invested in it. Very I recently. I think it's recently as last week. 
I think that narrative of a Python, Py, everyone can develop on it, right? Like it makes it so that anyone who's out there that knows how to develop on anything can develop on that blockchain. I think that's a really strong narrative that could pick up very, very quickly. I think that Partesia, which is a blockchain that's not out yet, that's for next cycle, where they're making a token agnostic blockchain. So you, on, if you have a wallet, you can send any coin to that wallet. It doesn't matter what blockchain it's on. It works seamlessly. Things like yes. that, I'm like, okay, I'm, I want to see this next cycle because I know not right now it's going to happen. And you have to build infrastructure around an L1. So it takes time. So the things that I've really focused my investment pieces on is more on the long term right now. Because if we go into a bear market in whenever, in January, February, March, I don't want to care that I have invested now. I want to be like, cool, next, month, next market cycle, I got the Solana. I got the dog. Anyone that was here in 2017 will oh. actually tell you the same thing. They'll say to you, doesn't matter how much money you think you've made. It happens. What matters is what happens after the bull market and how much of that is left. Okay. And that is, if, if, that was, if there was the, the one lesson that I could impart to any banter person, it is don't worry about how much money you think you've made on these bullshit meme coins. Think about what's going to happen after the bull market, how much it's going to go down and whether it's going to survive. And I know that I invested in a lot of 2017 coins. And I was up 100x, 1,000x, 2,000x. I, was, I had $100 million in my wallet at one point. And I walked away after 2017 with less money than I started. That's how bad it was. Yeah. It's, it's, you got to get this, this thing I try to instill to all the people around me is ATP. Always take profit. Every day, look for one of your coins. It's up 30%. Take a little bit of profit. It's not that hard to do. It doesn't matter if, like, this is another thing. If it goes up 100x, guys, it's not going to stay there. We've seen it happen how many times? So, yeah, there's a Blocktopia once in a while. But take some problem. not saying sell all your tokens. But, guys, if you had put $5,000 into an investment, take that $5,000 out slowly so that you have no risk. Then the market goes bearish or bullish. You really have nothing to lose. And yeah. I think that's something that I instill to everyone. It's, yes, the project can go to 300x, but it's 100x. So it only can go 3x higher. So why are you focused on trying to get that little bit 3x when you could take all that money and chuck it into five new projects and then do 25x? And then that's exactly. how you make generational wealth. That's it. All right, that's Coach, it. listen, we've got a bad connection today. You, you, you keep freezing. So I think, guys, we need to get Coach back here with a whole lot of calls. Uh, but we'll get, yeah, we'll get you back. I think today we've got a bad connection. You keep freezing and it keeps cutting out. So I think we'll have to get you oh, back here. we we'll have to carry on this conversation, brother. All right, that sounds good. We'll, we'll definitely. Oh my do that. man! <laughs> All right, fucking love coach. I mean, getting coach back here. We should get coach back here more often. Such a great guy. One of the family. One of the family. All righty, guys. So that is it for today. Remember, be smart. Invest in narratives that are not running now and are going to run. Make sure you know why they're going to run. When they start running, double down, and then at some point take some profits. I never take profits out of the ones that I think are going to last forever, but. I take profits out of the more speculative ones. And that's what you should do if you're going to make and keep money in this next bull market. Cool. I'll see you guys again tomorrow then and we'll carry on. The whole of November is going to be about how to maximize this bull run. So make sure you don't miss a single show. See you guys again tomorrow. Until then, trade well, my friends.